Hello and welcome to Chewing the Fat. Recall alert, recall, recall, recall alert. So Trader Joe's is pulling its, and you're going to have to dry your eyes. So just if you're driving, you may think about pulling over. It's gluten-free battered halibut is being pulled from the shelves. <laughs> I know. I know. See what I mean? You should have pulled over. So apparently the gluten-free battered halibut has undeclared wheat and milk in the product. Who knew? Well, they didn't and now they do. So it's got to be recalled. They issued the recall for the 10 ounce boxes of halibut that were packaged and they give the SKU, SKU numbers, the 50382 and the product code of 5373126260. The affected product from supplier Orca Bay Foods, LLC, had a best if used by date by November 5th, 2021. It was sold in 19 states. Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Kentucky, Maine, Massachusetts, Michigan, Minnesota, Missouri, Nebraska, New Hampshire, New York, Ohio, Rhode Island, Tennessee, Vermont, Wisconsin. Now, no illnesses or allergic reactions have been reported so far, but Trader Joe's has encouraged shoppers who recently purchased the product, you know, the gluten-free battered halibut, to proceed with caution. And they have wheat or milk allergy sensitivity if you have that really proceed with extra caution and we urge you to discard the product or you can return it to any Trader Joe's for a full refund. Now, I mean, as always, you can discard the product or return it. Which one would you choose? I don't know. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. <laughs> Well, we have another another warning, too. Uh, and it's not a recall for gluten-free frozen halibut. But if you were listening live to this show uh, on the 28th of October, 2020, um, Hurricane Zeta is making its way to Louisiana again. Uh, not Zeta again, but a storm again. It's looking like uh, the cone of death is right over New Orleans. And it's going to make landfall tonight. Uh, it's moving pretty fast, uh, 18 miles an hour. And it's going to, you know, they're looking for another huge storm to hit. It's uh, incredible that this is, uh, you know, probably a category one, maybe a two by the time it makes landfall. Looks like it's going to be right over New Orleans. And it's the fifth named storm to hit Louisiana coast during this season. Wow. I mean, it makes, it reminds me of Florida during 2005. I was in Florida at the time and it was like a never ending. I feel for you, Louisiana. And I feel for you for the tracks throughout that. I mean, people are still trying to pick up the pieces and it just seems never ending. I, I understand the frustration. I mean, you had Delta, right? Uh, a couple weeks ago, then uh, Marco, then Laura, 
and uh, started off with Cristobal. Just, uh, you know, then you have Zida. I mean, it's just uh, never ending, I know. So, uh, you know, be safe and, you know, you'll come out of it. And I'm sure Mercury One will have people there along with, uh, you know, every other charity that uh, is there to help. So if you need help, don't be afraid to ask for it because it'll be there for you. But a man, do I understand? And I am frustrated with you. Like I said, I was in Florida in 2005, 2004, 2005. It was never ending. We were forever in hurricane coverage at the mothership of 970 WFLA. And, uh, man, it felt like 2006 would never come. And uh, finally, you know, the end of hurricane season happened and then it, you know, slowed down and it was like, Ooh, okay. Cause we were ready for another, you know, another monster storm season. And during 2005, one of those storms, I remember actually all the other storms, I didn't, you know, have the family evacuate. They just, you know, rode out the storms that came through, uh, you know, if that came through the Tampa Bay area, but one storm, uh, well, one, two storms, Charlie looked like it was going to make landfall in Tampa Bay. And then it came ashore uh, south of Tampa Bay and cut across and did damage in Orlando where all the people in Tampa Bay had evacuated. <laughs> really weird. And I, that might have been the storm. I don't remember. There was another storm that came through that I brought the family to the station. I mean, they were living in the boss's office while we were on the air because I thought that bad boy was going to you know, going to hit. We did, and then we had damage at the building, in fact. Uh, you know, the roofs were leaking. So anyway, Louisiana, I understand your frustration, and I'm with you uh, wholeheartedly. And anybody that's in the path, be safe, okay? And uh, let's hope that this is the end of it. We're close to the technical end of hurricane season. That doesn't mean they end, but it's we're close to the end. So let's just hope and pray that it is the end of hurricane season twenty. But again, I say 2020, and then I realize, ooh, eh, you know, it very well may not be the end because it's 2020, and we're smack dab in the middle of an election. Um, I'm sh- I don't know how, how these people are going to vote. I mean, it's just a nightmare. I know, I know. <sighs> Hopefully, next week we'll know. At this time, we'll know if we have a you know who our president will be. That will be great. Um, we'll hopefully be done with the rioting and the looting. <laughs> uh, I kill me. I kill me. It just makes me laugh. Yeah, it's all going to go away. Let's just like, like magic. It's going to go away. Abracadabra, and it's going to be gone. So don't you worry about it. So if you found a skull... What would you do with it? No, I mean it. What would you do with it? So someone found a skull in March of 2019. And instead of saying, hey, uh, police officers, I found a skull here. They brought it home and put it up on the fireplace mantle. And then somebody or that same person put some sunglasses on the skull. And there it sat. There it sat. And if you believe that person, then it just sat there until someone said, you know, that's a skull. And they let the sheriff's office know that there's got a skull on the fireplace mantle. (laughs) 
So they came and took it. And the person whose house it was said, well, yeah, I found it back in March. I found it over here. I just liked it. It was cool. It's, you know, it's a human skull. What else are you going to do with it? I put it on the mantle, put some sunglasses on it. And so he said he'd let the police officer or she, they don't say, let the police officers know that where they found it. They did a big search in that area for a body, other bones. Now they think they've got a DNA test on it. And they say that it was, they believe that it was DNA from family members of this junior Willie McCann, who's been missing since 2012. Okay. So the search was made and they're looking for it and they found uh, nothing. And so they think that junior Willie McCann was killed by another family member who is now deceased. Okay, so they don't know. They have asked the public if you have information related to Junior Willie McGann. Um, wait, is it McCann or McGann? I think it, the story has it spelled two different ways. Okay, so if you have information on a Junior Willie McCann, M-C-C-A-N-N, or a Junior Willie McGann, M-C-G-A-N-N or anyone else uh, that's that's missing, let the Morgan County Sheriff's Department in Tennessee uh, know. And maybe that you can help them out a little bit. But my question still stands. If you found a skull, what would you do with it? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, sure you want to bring it home. Sure, you want to set it on the fireplace mantle and just, you know, look at it for a while. Because human skulls are just so darn cute. And you put sunglasses on them, oh my gosh. And they just, what happens is they become a family, a part of the family. And you, they're just there with you all the time. So, why wouldn't you bring it home? Or... You know, let somebody know, hey, I found a skull over here. Maybe there's other bones to a body. I probably will just leave it there and let the police look at it. You could do that. Or you could just bring it home and set it on the mantle and enjoy the, the fun and the happiness that a human skull brings on the fireplace mantle. I got to tell you, I just got done watching Ted Cruz uh, in a seven or eight minute chat and i wish i watched the whole thing i'm gonna go back and watch the whole thing uh the uh heads of the <laughs> the, the social media families are testifying and uh google is there facebook is there and twitter is there so they've got uh jit no jit is the fcc they have uh sunja sunja right is the google uh zuckerberg for facebook and dorsey for twitter and Ted Cruz just raked Dorsey over the coals. Now, Jack, by the way, uh, needs a beard trim. It's looking a little rough, Jay. It's looking a little rough, babe. But uh, he claims that their policy is all about the New York Post story. Like, New York Post still cannot post on their Twitter account because of the policy 
of sharing perceived hacked material. Okay. So Jack claims that yes, they are still blocked from tweeting because they haven't gone back and deleted the original tweet. Now, if the way he worded it was that if they were to delete the original tweet, then they could tweet again and tweet the same story again. I think that's the way I took it. But the point is, is that he's making them or you go back in and do what he dictates under policies before they allow you to do anything. I I have to go watch this whole thing. This is, was, uh, amazing because he is, he is, uh, is dictating under his policies and people, you know, his deal, right? The terms of agreement, you signed up for it and you are, you know, to deal with their terms of agreement, which makes him the dictator. And he's decided what's what he said that their policies were wrong at the beginning and within the first 24 hours, they made wrong, uh, wrong decisions and actions and that they changed them, but they didn't change them to just say, okay, go ahead. You can, you you know, your account's back open again. They're still making the post go back in and, and others and you go back in and delete the original post that made them act on those decisions wrongly according to him but since they were right at the time you still have to follow the code of action it's agonizing agonizing i'm and they are uh either starting to run scared a little bit and good good they should it makes no sense if you're going to be twitter and facebook let people alone. Let them do what they do. And we will decide. We'll decide who we want to see and who we want to listen to, which we have. And yet you decide, well, you know, yeah, you wanted to hear that person, but, you know, we're going to make you specifically go and find that person to hear what they have to say or to read what they have to say. But we're not blocking you. We're just making it so you don't see everything that they post at the time that they post it. You have to go back and search for it yourself. And of course, under the terms of agreement, that's... I freaking hate that so much. When I go into stores or businesses and I hear that, well, it's company policy. We can't do it. That's just, that's policy. We'll change the freaking policy. How about that? I mean, it's just, oh, well, we have changed the policy, sir. But when you purchased the product, that policy was still enforced. So we can't help you because when you purchased it, the policy is still enforced. What? Anyway, if you have an opportunity, go. I'd love to play it for you. In fact, I probably should just play the whole thing for you. It was great. And I know and the clip that I saw cuts off. So there's more. I don't know how long Ted was... Uh, was up against Jack, but I want to hear all their, I want to hear all their testimony and uh, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Uh, it is, it was fascinating to hear them, uh, try to justify their dictatorships at these social media accounts and Google man, Ted even said they, they're in trouble. 
they are probably one of the most powerful companies on the planet. So, man, good luck. Good luck. I hope we, I hope, I hope that somebody has the guts to do something. But we shall see. As long as I'm on the streaming giant thought wave, um, I got a, a communication, a communication through Facebook today from someone about cuties on Netflix. All right. So Mary Beth, uh, thank you. I appreciate it. I got your message and I want to read this message to you, the audience. Okay. Uh, good morning, Jeffy. I keep meaning to text you about this. In the Netflix Cuties movie, there is an exposed breast. It is extremely quick and easy to miss. When the little girls are watching a video on one of their phones of a rival dance group, one of the rival dancers on the video has a wardrobe malfunction. Those girls seemed older to me, though. It's for a split second and is seen on the screen of the phone and very easy to miss. You could easily have missed it if you were looking away or at your own phone. I agree, not worth watching again, but it was indeed there. Have an awesome day. Thank you. Now, I will say this is different. Uh, they also are looking at uh, one time, uh, one of them was looking at uh, the strip club dancers, uh, some video strip club, and I thought maybe it was in there. And I talked about that on one of my first reviews. Now, this uh, footage is different although i do remember the scene and it is possible that that is the scene but i don't think that's what everyone is talking about i have to out I'm, I'm so angry that i'm gonna have to watch this god awful movie again i cannot tell you because it just is not that good a movie but i'm going to watch it again all right and i'm going to tell you if and when it happens and how it happens in this movie because if that even if that's true that's not the way it's portrayed okay uh i know that the those girls seemed older in the video it was but you know they were still you know kid dance troupe but the way it's portrayed is the people who are starring in the movie are just you know lifts up the shirt and there's the exposed breast so i'm gonna go back and watch the stupid movie and then I'm going to go and bring up all the reviews that talk about the exposed breast. And we're going to settle this once and for all. Because I've had just about enough of this cuties debate. <laughs> so, there. thing up let's go to the break room i need something ice cold and refreshing oh my gosh and i have it right here in my left hand <sighs> you could write your own jokes so we're in the break room so let's talk about the world series the rays lost very disappointing um Yes, I sat through that in every game. I watched all games, and I was very disappointed that they lost. Uh, last night was, and, you know, it was an exciting game. They took the lead, and then they lost the lead. And um, I will tell you that uh, they took the starting pitcher out and in the sixth inning, and it 
was really like, wow, what are they doing? He was pitching a great game. He had uh, given up a hit, and there was just, according to the way the Rays do things, and the way that you know their their uh, matrix that they use uh, for metrics, not matrix, but really the metrics that they use was, you know, I'm sure the manager, you know, it was time to pull the player, and I and I get it, and that's you know that's how they live their how they live their life as far as the Rays baseball team, but it. There was no gut. And in my gut and in the pitcher's gut and in many of the players' guts, I feel like he was still strong and he was, we we should have left him in. And that, I felt like when they took him out of the game, that lost the game for them. It just felt like the air went out. It was like they believed that the pitcher was losing its cool, that the game was not under control. It gave the Dodgers momentum, and you know they ended up scoring and losing, and winning the game. The Dodgers, and they had one player who tested positive during the middle of the game. I guess that he had tested. They had tested him, and he tested positive, and so they thought it was a false positive. They let him start the game, and then they tested him again, waiting for another result. And that result came in. I think I don't know. Maybe there's maybe there's some they were covering it up, but they pulled him in the middle of the game. Just pulled him out. He was a Turner for the Dodgers, one of their best players. And they just nope. I hope you test the positive. You can't play anymore. I mean, he's already out there. He's on the field. I was just amazing what we're what we're doing with that but anyway it was a great season and it was disappointing that the Rays lost and I even broke out the jerseys and everything last night and if you follow me on Instagram you saw the pictures Jeff Fisher Radio and you can you know follow me on Instagram Jeff Fisher Radio Facebook and Parlor is Jeff Fisher Radio Twitter is at Jeffy JFR so you know you can see that and you know it was just uh, it was uh, disappointing disappointing that they lost but congratulations to the Dodgers and good for you. Yippee. Remember also, uh, while you're busy looking at my social media accounts, might as well go ahead and subscribe to this podcast. If you're listening to this show right now and you're not a subscriber to this podcast, um, your life is not as good as it could be, as it should be. And the only way to make your life better is to subscribe to this podcast. So choose a platform, whatever one warms the little cockles of your heart. There's a plethora of platforms out there like iTunes and iHeartRadio and Stitcher and Spotify. And then subscribe to Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. It's that simple. And your life will turn around. Oh, man. Just it's almost guaranteed. It's not, but it should be (laughs) that your life will turn around with a subscription to Chewing the Fat. And, and, And what will help it, what's a bonus life-changing event is subscribing to the podcast and subscribing to the YouTube channel, both of the same name, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. I know, weird how that happens, but turn your life around and gosh darn it, go out and make it a beautiful day by subscribing to Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. I see where Dunkin' Donuts, or I'm sorry, Dunkin' Brands is uh, looking to sell Okay, don't be ruining the product. They're looking to, uh, what helps the product is they're looking to sell for nine billion dollars. <laughs> okay, I, I don't know that I could say no to that either, but uh, they're looking to it. They're looking to uh, to uh, sell to a private equity backed by Inspire Brands. Now, Inspire Brands owns 
Arby's, Buffalo Wild Wings, Sonic, and Jimmy John's. You add, add Duncan to that, you're you're bringing in some cash. You're bringing in some cash. So $9 billion for Duncan Brands. That's a pretty good payday. Pretty good payday. And it makes me want to have a donut. So Emily Ratajkowski, right? The model, the I'm going to go topless in a music video to become a star. The I still love taking pictures of myself naked model who's married to a guy by the name of Sebastian Bear McClard uh, confirmed the news that she's pregnant. And she posted uh, an essay in Vogue and, of course, on her Instagram account, which is followed by 26.9 million followers. She posted a short vid of an up-close of her and then it backs off to show that she's pregnant. And it uh, you know, asked, uh, has a post where it talks about, uh, her saying uh, on the cover of Vogue, why I don't want to reveal the gender of my child. Huh? That's interesting. That's interesting to me. So she claims in her essay that she's not going to know her child's gender until the age of 18. Now, you know, we can make the 18 jokes, but she claims that when my husband and I tell friends that I'm pregnant, their first question after congratulations is, is almost always, do you know what you want? And uh, we like to respond that we won't know the gender until our child is 18 and that they'll let us know then. Everyone laughs at this. There is a truth to our line, though one that hints at possibilities that are much more complex than whatever genitalia our child might be born with. The truth that we ultimately have no idea who rather than what is growing inside my belly. (laughs) I know. I know. I thought uh, a couple of things from this. Uh, It's just kind of agonizing to me, this this talk of, oh, I'm not, they, they're going to be able to decide. And so we're not going to, we don't know if it's a boy or a girl. Well, you do, Emily. Uh, whether you want to or not, you do. Now, I thought, uh, I don't know why you're waiting until they're at the uh, you know retirement age of 18. Uh, I thought that, uh, you know, we... Children get to make the choice when whatever age they are and whatever they feel like they are, uh, that's when they make the choice. They're not waiting until they're 18 to make that choice. That's what I thought. Now, I'm with you that, you know, at the age of 18 or 21, whatever your adult number is, that, uh, you know, then, you know, you can decide whether you want to be who you are or become something else or your people look at you differently because they think you're something else, but you're really this, um, I, you know, whatever you want, but I just find it. I, I don't know what you gain from that. I don't know what you gain from loving your thing that you gave birth to and whether it's a, it's a thing with a penis or a thing without a penis, uh, is still a thing, but we don't worry. It's not, there's not going to be a gender. It's just going to be a thing with or without a thing. And it's just weird, but Hey, congratulations, <laughs> congratulations. And just enjoy and love that 
thing with every ounce of love that you have. Okay? Okay. these uh, new shirts that were sent to me from uh, the silent will be heard and uh, you know the silent will be heard.com and they're really cool shirts and I believe that it's true so I went to vote today and I did uh, it's Wednesday so I did uh, chewing the fat segment on Pat Unleashed and then when I left the studios today I said you know what I'm, I'm gonna go vote I you know, I've been meaning to do it, and it was cold and rainy, and I figured, you know, if any time is a good time, it's probably now. And so I went to one of the early polling places that they have. I mean, there's a 8 billion of them. And uh, walked in, no line. There were, it was not busy. There were people voting, and people were there, but it wasn't, there was no line. And the people who were working there were great and couldn't have been nicer. And it couldn't have been easier to vote. If there is ever an argument for voter suppression, no. I'm sorry, no. You don't really need an ID if you have your voter card. I didn't. So I had to show my ID. And... Yep, there you go, Jeff. No problem. And this, take this number. This lady will get you your your ticket. And then you go to the machine. You put it in. You do go through your voting. And then you take it to the other machine. And you put it in. You get the receipt. And you move on with your life. And it was, uh, it couldn't, it, seriously, it could not have been easier. I just, I, I it's amazing to me how the argument is that people have a problem voting. I just, I don't get it because every time I go to vote, everybody that works there, I mean, I thank them because they're working there and they, they just, they do their, they're doing their job. Their position is this position to check people in this lady, make sure that you get your, get your voting slip and make sure that you go to a machine down this wall. This person, make sure that you put it in the right machine so that your votes get counted and you get the okay that yes, they've got it and your vote count and go ahead and there you get out of here. Have a nice day. Okay. And I was walking in the building. I got out of my car. I'm walking in the building at halfway up there and I realized, oh crap, I'm going to need a mask. So I go back to the car to get my mask. And I, there was a guy out there for underneath the tent for one of the local politicians. And uh, I turned around and I went, ah, I probably need a mask. And he's like, yeah, you do. And so, you know, we get the mask. And of course, there's, you know, the big sign on the door of the building. Masks are required. And so, you know. There you have it. And everybody is real nice and they're wearing masks and they stay socially distanced. And I took down my mask for a split second because he had my ID and I took down my mask and gave him a smile like, see, it's me. My ID doesn't have a mask. I mean, that was the hardest part. That was the hardest part of voting. I had to hold my breath and hope that there wasn't any, you know, COVID-19 flying around. When I took down my mask for that split second and said, 
and gave him a quick smile. I didn't even talk because I didn't want any breathing or anything. I just looked at him and gave him a smile and as he had my ID. But it was just, uh, you know, it's a done deal. It's over. And uh, yay, yay. So, you know, there's that. So I see where, uh, some, you know, we could do some food news. And it's always important to do some food news. We started off with uh, with food news with a recall. So we might as well uh, end it with some food news today as well. Let's. Uh, there's several stories. We can go to Tyson Foods. Uh, they're going to, according to them, change the way uh, food safety is done. They're going to modernize inspections. So what they've done now, they say that in January, they're going to have company employees take on the duties of more than a dozen federal inspectors at the large Kansas beef plant. They got the U.S. government waiver. Yeah, go ahead. You can check everything. Don't worry about it. Okay, good. So this is the country's highest selling meat supplier. And they got a waiver saying that uh, for inspection requirements at their plant in Holcomb, Kansas. Uh, Other companies apparently have made similar changes to chicken and pork plants. What this does is it allows Tyson to have workers instead of government inspectors to check cattle carcasses for defects or disease before the animals are butchered. Uh, Okay. So the USDA said that uh, it's going to continue to inspect all the carcasses and parts, but the quality assurance and trimming tasks go to Tyson. If that actually saves the government money, good. I'm all for it. It looks like it does. I don't know that it creates jobs because that means the government workers are, you know, probably will end up working for Tyson instead of the government, but at least, you know, our tax dollars aren't paying for it. But uh, people are, you know, the the uh, activists are saying that, uh, oh, it's really problematic. Um, uh, the changes are moving toward, uh, you know, deregulation. Oh, oh, okay. Now, the meatpackers have accelerated this automation of doing things because of COVID-19, right? Um, thousands of employees and USDA inspectors were infected with COVID-19 and some of these plants were beginning to have to shut down and it, uh, not a good thing. We need, we, we need our meat. <laughs> you can, you can quote me on that. We need our meat. So, you know, it, I get, you know, it frees up some inspectors to focus on improving public health. Sure. So that means they're not getting rid of the inspectors. They're just doing other things like, you know, improving public health and animal welfare and food safety. Duh. So be ready for the activists to be all about that. Wendy's uh, is now telling you, hey, we've got a new chicken sandwich. Way to come on board, Wendy's. Way to be on board the chicken sandwich fight. So they're giving you a, a free classic chicken sandwich with any purchase. You can use the mobile app. Or you can go through the drive-thru. Nice. You don't have to use the app. But uh, any purchase and you get a free chicken sandwich. Now, it goes on through November 8th. And you get one sandwich a week. Right? So, the new classic chicken sandwich replaces the home-style chicken sandwich. 
And it's crispier and juicier, according to Wendy's. Yay. That's so special. Uh, you know, when we had Popeyes with the fried chicken sandwich. In the story, they don't mention Chick-fil-A. I wonder why. But uh, McDonald's is now uh, testing a crispy chicken sandwich and a deluxe crispy chicken sandwich on the menu. Uh, they have chicken on the breakfast menu now at McDonald's. So, you know, it's chicken. It's chicken time everywhere. But for a couple of free chicken sandwiches at Wendy's, that might not be a bad deal. I'm just saying. Uh, just remember, if you're going to go through Wendy's drive through remember to get a chicken sandwich. Take it home. Eat it later if you have to. And then we have this story about a website that tracks every broken McDonald's ice cream machine in America. <laughs> Thank you. Now, I, you know, I got to remember to use it before I pull into McDonald's for my, you know, my dollar ice cream cone as a quick, you know, just aside as you're driving through. Oh, hey, there's a McDonald's. I feel like an ice cream cone drove, but nobody's in the drive through. You drive through, cost you a buck and some change. You got an ice cream cone and then you're down the road again. Not that I've ever done something like that, but apparently there's a software engineer in Germany and he has developed a website that tracks every McDonald's soft service machine in the United States. Nice. So he reverse engineered the computer code in the McDonald's app. Okay. So apparently what he's done is he's placed an order at every McDonald's for an ice cream cone. And when he gets the when it comes back that the machine is broken it gives oh no you get a red dot on the website if you go to uh mcbroken <laughs> mcbroken.com and if you have your area you know locator your location device on whatever device you're using it shows all the mcdonald's in that particular area and if they have a green or a red dot or an x uh, you know, there's no ice cream cone at that particular McDonald's. I kind of like, it's a cool idea. I mean, it really does. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Suck. When you feel like, you know, you have that, your set mindset of, I just want a quick soft serve ice cream cone from McDonald's. Uh, there's a couple of, well, there's a couple of McDonald's in this area that does a good job at pretty large ice cream cones from mcdonald's depending on who's working and so you know they're a buck a buck and some change and i think uh i think for a while they were i think they're up to a dollar 25 or something but you just pull in you get a quick ice cream cone and you're down the road it's quick and so you go to mcbroken.com you just got to remember to look at it if you're out there on the road and uh so you're not i guess so you're not as bummed Right. If they're if you're coming up and you know, oh, I want an ice cream cone, you're at the red light and you log into the old McBroken.com. If your McDonald's, you know, up the road, two lights up the road, if the ice cream cone machine is down, you'll know about it. So you won't have to pull in and be bummed out. You can just be bummed out two lights down the road by thinking, ah, oh, crap, I really want an ice cream cone. Ah, well, I'll go to the next McDonald's up the road four blocks away instead of two but it will 
So you can be just half bummed instead of fully bummed when there's no ice cream at the McDonald's. You know how bummed out you get. You do. You know how bummed out you do. So apparently this guy has like $18,752 worth of orders every minute at McDonald's. And that way he knows that uh, if the machine is down or not. Eh, okay. I don't know. I McDonald's usually waits until you come to pick it up with the app. Or, you know, so I don't think they're making all these ice cream cones and setting them on the counter. But uh, if they were to do that, then they would be pissed. But because they don't do it that way, McBroken.com is a good way to know whether the soft serve is ready for you or not. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts. So with 9,073,426 total cases of COVID-19 coronavirus, in the United States of America, then we are at 232,557 deaths. Wow. Let's go down and see where our friends at China are rolling in at these days. All the way down to number 55. China is reporting 85,868 total cases with only 4,634 deaths. There's not a chance that that is true, but I digress. It's uh, it's a good time to remember that uh, for those of you that thinking you're going to have to put a chip in, (laughs) you are dumb. Okay. Stop it. You're not going to be have to put a chip in because Boston university has already got it figured out. They're just requiring students to show their digital COVID-19 badges to enter buildings. <laughs> That's all. It's just, a, it's just show you have your badge that makes sure that you're up to date and then we'll let you into the buildings. That's all. You don't have to come in the buildings, but if you want to, you better be up to date. So they have already started requiring students to show their digital badge indicating they're up to date with COVID-19 testing and symptom screening to gain entry into campus dining halls, the libraries, and any of the other facilities. Now, it doesn't say what exactly is the symptom screenings and where they have to go to get their digital badge, but it says that you better have it. So there's a worrisome increase in daily numbers of cases among the student body as well as our staff. So you better follow protocols for testing and screening and social distancing as well. Be ready to show the badges on their phones. So you better freaking have your badge or we won't hear of it and you'll be kicked out. Now, according to this, there were a dozen students suspended after they participated in at least one of three parties. Oh, oh my gosh. And they, these parties were off campus so i mean it wasn't even they weren't even on campus (laughs) i know five others who attended these parties were placed on deferred suspension for the rest of the academic year wow so the officials said that masks wearing and social distancing were disregarded at these parties oh my gosh and this this horrible physical assault 
happened at a party. We don't want this uh, on campus or off campus. Physical assault cannot happen. And this assault occurred at one of uh, at one at one person when one student threw a beer can that ricocheted off a building and into another student. So you can well imagine how horrific that assault was. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I mean, we are in a sad, sad place. No. he, you, A beer can flew off a wall and hit you? Oh, no. Oh, no. That cannot happen. So remember, it's not a chip, dummy. It's just your digital COVID-19 badge. Okay? Yeah. So, there. And then I saw where Hunter Biden, our main man, Hunter Biden, who's in the news now, and, you know, part of his whole laptop and all of that. But this story, after a while, you know, Hunter's a partier. We know that. We know Hunter loves to party, and he's been a partier for, you know, all his life. When he knows that he's, you know... He's the brother of Bo. He's barely Hunter. He's just, yeah, that's Bo's brother. So apparently he and the new wife got into a big argument. And Hunter was like, I am out of here. Okay? I don't want to hear you. I've had enough of you and uh, the baby. And this whole being the, uh, you know, buttoned up kind of guy. I've had enough. So he rented a mansion in uh pacific palisades he left he's got the hollywood hills home he left the wife and the kid there i'm out of here rents a 2300 a night pacific palisades mansion and throws a party with some friends (laughs) so the whole sober streak is over he's had enough he left the wife and the new baby at home and it was about 20 miles away at Pacific Palisades. Rents a place, has a, throws a big bash. And uh, he's gone for, uh, you know, for, for a few days and just uh, just parties. How long was he gone? He vanished just for days. He said the last month the recovering drug addict vanished for days. So it doesn't say exactly how long he was gone. But he had had enough. And he went to party. He couldn't take the wife nagging at him. Go to rehab. Stop doing that. And so his dad's probably bugging him to be buttoned up and keep your mouth shut. And, you know, the laptop's coming out. And we can't. We've had enough. So he takes off to rent the mansion. It was only 2300 bucks a night with that Chinese money. And, uh, you know, had some friends over. You know, and gets uh, has one of his uh, one of his drug buddies stop by. I mean, he is a recovering drug addict, so maybe maybe he just rented the house in Pacific Palisades to get away from the wife and the baby, and nothing else happened. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 